0: Of heaven. Amen. We thank God for you. Saints, if you can, open up your Bibles with me to Daniel, the third chapter. Thank God for the word. Daniel, the third chapter. There is a word from the Lord. Amen. For those of you in Mount Olive, you know your title. It's all about Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus. And to our visitors, it's all about Jesus. No matter what we are doing, no matter what's going on in life, no matter what's happening in this world, it's all about Jesus. Amen. The world is destroying itself. Amen. And the governments of this world is no help because they are not leading the people to Jesus. What they have not come to understand is that it's all about Jesus. It's either all about Jesus, or it's all about nothing. I come to let you know it's all about Jesus. It's about his birth, his ministry, his life, his death, his resurrection, his ascension, and his return, because he's coming back again and he's coming back for a church, and he's going to lift that church up off this earth so that we shall ever be with the Lord. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 18 will tell you this. To comfort one another with these words is all about Jesus. Our thought for today that we want to leave you with for the week, and I want you to say this with me, Lord... I leave this in your hands. Amen, Lord, I leave this in your hands. In other words, I cannot handle it. I am not capable of fixing this. I do not have the intelligence, nor the ability, nor the spiritual power to do anything about this, so I'm going to let this go. And God, I'm going to give it totally to you because I find myself weak, and frail. And I need help. See, sometimes we just need to admit that we need help. Lord, I leave this in your hands. Because if I leave it in my hands, it's going to get messed up. It's going to be a hot, quick minute. Everything is going to go bad. And this is why a lot of times things go bad, because we try to handle things that we cannot. When what we need to do is turn it over to the Lord. If you mean it, can you say it with me today? Lord, I'm turning it over to you. Amen. Lord, I leave this in your hands because I cannot handle it. I cannot fix this. I cannot change this. I cannot turn this around. God, I leave this in your hands. Amen. Your challenge for this week, to be persuaded that God cannot fail. Again, to be persuaded that God cannot fail. Knowing that he can do anything, knowing that to our God, nothing is impossible, understanding that as the angel told Sarah, Abraham's wife, when she laughed about her having a child, the angel said, is there anything too hard for the Lord? I come to let you know there's nothing too hard for God. Let me tell you something, there's not, there's no habit so strong that he can't help you break. There's no addiction that is so powerful that he can't help you get rid of. He can help you do it. But you got to believe him. And you got to know that God can't fail. you got to be persuaded. What does persuaded mean? And most people probably saying, where does he get that word persuaded from? Well, I need you to know that in order to show faith, you got to be persuaded. Because when We talk about the definition of faith. Faith means to be fully persuaded. I am persuaded that God can do this and I can't. I am persuaded that God will keep me because I can't keep myself. I am persuaded that God will answer my prayer. See, unless you're persuaded, God can't answer your prayer. There are some things God can't do. And God can't answer your prayer if your prayer is not on faith and not built on faith. Because God works according to our faith. The Bible lets us know in Hebrews 11 and 6, without faith, it is impossible to please the Lord. For he that cometh to him must first believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So in order to get anything from God, it's got to be by faith. That means I've got to be persuaded that God can do this. I got to be persuaded that God can heal my body. I got to be persuaded that God can raise the dead. Unless I am persuaded, God cannot move on my behalf. I have got to be persuaded. When I'm persuaded, then God can move on my behalf and set things right. While I'm standing there, yet talking to you. So when I pray, I can believe God. And guess what? God will do it. When I ask God, I don't have to worry about it. I know God will handle it. Amen? I leave it in God's hands. Because thanks to God, the truth of the matter is, that's all we can do. Saints, we're coming up in some dangerous days and times right now where we don't know from one day to the next what's going to happen. We do not know what's gonna happen next. It could be a nuclear war. We don't know. What we are one listen, we are one comet, one incident away from world war. That's all. One incident away. One bad comment away from world war. And let me tell you something. With this president y'all got, you better pray. Cause ain't no telling what he gonna say to the fool with the button, hand on his button for the nuclear bombs. You'll never know what he's going to say. Amen. So we gotta pray. For men ought to always pray and what? Not faint. First Thessalonians five tells us men ought to pray without what? Ceasing. We ought to pray without stopping because these are the days where things are just going crazy. People are crazy. You just don't know from one day to the next what's going to happen. You don't even know if you're going to wake up tomorrow. It pays us to pray. It pays for us to pray. Amen. To stay in the face of God and believe God for all the things that he's going to do. That's why for the past two weeks I was telling you, Enoch walked with God. He walked with God, guess how long? 300 years. But he walked with God. He stayed in the presence of God for 300 years. And at the end, when his time was finished and his purpose was finished, guess what? God snatched him up off this earth. And listen, he didn't die. God took him and they couldn't find him. For the Bible says, and Enoch was not. Because God wanted him where he was. That's what the Word tells us. Daniel, the third chapter. Amen. I'm going to be reading extensively, so I'm going to be moving. So please stay with me as best you can. Nebuchadnezzar the king made an image of gold, whose height was three score cubits, breadth thereof, six cubits, he set it up in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes and the governors and the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers of the providences to come to the dedication of the image which Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. Then the princes and all these names gathered together unto the dedication of the image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then an herald cried aloud, to you it is commanded, O people, nations, and language, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, the psaltery, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at that time, when all the people heard the sound of all this music, right, the nations fell down and worshiped this golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king set up. Wherefore, at, at that time, certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews. They spake and said unto Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. Thou, O king, hast made a decree that every man that hear the sound of the, and all this music, and all kinds of music, shall fall down and worship the golden image. And whosoever falleth not down and worshipeth, that he should be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. There are certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the providence of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not regarded thee. Listen, listen real good to this. They serve not thy gods, nor worship the golden image which thou Has set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring these boys. Then he brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? Do ye not serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now, if ye be ready, that at which time ye hear, All the sounds of all this music. We're not going to go through it. Ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Listen to this. Listen to arrogance and pride. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? I heard what this fool just said. (laughs) Who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Man. Mm. Listen to this. And I'm going to stop in a minute. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered. (laughs) We're going to stop right there. Your topic for today. Very simple, God is able, trust him. Again, God is able, trust him. Israel is in a predicament here as we read in the book of the prophet Daniel. Daniel was the prophet that God gave a lot of apocalyptic visions about the end of the world and what was going to happen. And God dealt with this prophet very much because he trusted and loved God. See, what happened when they moved the people and Babylon came in and they attacked Israel, they destroyed Jerusalem and they burned down the walls of the city. And they removed Daniel And they removed who I like to call the three Hebrew boys that when they got in Babylon, they were renamed. But the three Hebrew boys, all of them with Daniel were taken down to Babylon. But see, what I like about this story of Daniel and the three Hebrew boys was that, see, you might have taken them out of Israel, but you didn't take who they are. Because, see, no matter what you do to me, I am who I am through Christ Jesus. See, what I want to talk to you for a little bit in the beginning of this message is identity. Understanding your identity. Knowing who you identify with. Because who you identify with says a lot about you. Whoever you identify with tells us who you are, even tells us what you believe, and it will even tell us your future and what's going to happen to you in the days to come because your identity is important. Each and every one of you grown people in here right now, if I was to ask you to take out your wallet and show me some identity, your identity says who you are, where you live, where you've come from, When a police officer stops you, like Brother Lee was just talking about the police officer that had the heart attack. When a police officer stops you, the first thing he wants to know is who you are. And the only way he knows that is through your identification. See, we as grown folks, we know we have got to carry ID. You need to have ID. God forbid something happened to you where you fall out on the street. We need to know your name we need to know at least where you live, where you come from, because your identity is important. Once you have lost identity, you have lost who you are. God, help me. Once you have lost identity, you don't identify with anything. When somebody on the street gets killed, or gets hurt, and they don't have a name for them. They have a general name for these people. It's either John Doe or Jane Doe, because these people don't have a name. They don't know your name, so they have to make up one and give you a name until they find out really who you are. See, but you as Christians that believe us today, I want you to know that you have ID. Because your life identifies with Christ, because you have been washed in the blood of Jesus, you've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus, and because of that, you have an identity, and your identity is in Christ. We're not supposed to identify with the world, because the world has a different Father. Our Father is the Father up in heaven, God our Father, who is our Father through Jesus Christ. So we need to understand that, I, that you and I, through Christ Jesus, we have identity. We know, or at least we should know, who we are. It's a terrible thing when a Christian doesn't know their real identity. It's a terrible thing when a Christian doesn't understand that I'm supposed to identify with Christ. Therefore, I'm not going to curse you When you curse me, how many understand what I'm talking about when I say identity? When you identify, you're just like them because you identify with them because that's your identity. That's who you are. That's who you were born to be. When I was born, I heard that my sisters named me Troy. I could have had a a whole lot of other names I would have picked. (laughs) But they stamped on me, Brother Kirk, and said, you're going to be remembered by this name. This is your identity. Whenever somebody says, Troy, you're going to turn around because guess what? This is you. This is who you are. I want you to stop and take a look at yourself for a minute and take a look at your life and realize, do you really like your identity? Who you identify with? What you identify with? Because your identity says a lot. And what I like about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, which was their Babylonian names, They might have changed their names, but you could not change who they are. You change their names, but you're not going to change their nature. You change their names, but you're not going to change what they believe. See, I wish that I had some people in here. I wish that I, when it comes to trials and tribulations, that no matter how much I go through, that will not change what I believe. That I know that God is still able, and no matter how hard I'm going through, I believe that God will bless me and keep me through what I'm going through. Because I identify that Christ is my healer. I believe that no matter how bad it gets, that my healer is Jehovah Rapha. I believe that my keeper is Jehovah Rapha. Because I identify with him. And just because you changed my name, I still know who I am. I am a child of God. I am a son of the king. I am a Christian. I am a believer. I am a God-fearing man. You might change my name. Some people, listen, some people will even call you out of your name, but that's not who you are. Some people will, let me tell you something, some people will even walk by you and have the nerve to call you a lady dog, but that's all right because you are a princess in God's eyes. You are not what they call you. You are not what everybody thinks of you. You are what God says you are. Therefore, I am a man of God. I am a prince of the king because it doesn't matter what you say about me. What matters is what God says about me and I identify with my father in heaven through Jesus Christ who has redeemed me by his blood therefore no matter what you call me I am a child of God and you know what I love about it because I'm a child of God nobody in here can change that you can't do anything about that listen what our Jesus said our Jesus said whom is in my hands whoever's in my hands no man can pluck them out you can't take me out of Jesus' hands. Oh, you may snatch me out of Nate's hands, but you can't snatch me out of God's hands. I've be- Listen, I belong to God. That's my identity. I know who I am. See, it's a very, very important thing that we teach our children who they are. One of the greatest dilemmas that's happening that this country is taking part in is messing people up with their identity. And you know what this nation is becoming? Confused. Because if I don't know who I am, how I know anything, I need to know who I am in order to help you. I need to know my purpose in order to be a blessing to you. But see, this is what the people can't see. This is what the devil ordered. This is what the forces of darkness love because if they can confuse you on who you are, how can you help somebody else with who they are? So now, everybody's lost their identity and now the nation has become all messed up. And really, that's why there's no unity in the nation. That's why we're not together. That's why, that's why there's inequality and racism. That's why there's racism. That's why there's this great big, as John Gray said, there's this great big elephant in the room. And we trying to walk around him like he's not there. How you walk around the elephant? I remember one time I seen the commercial, it was the funniest thing. The man and the wife were getting up out of bed, this great big elephant, and they were walking around him like he wasn't even there, Leon because nobody wanted to identify or see there's an elephant in the room. But there is an elephant in the room. And it's called people not identifying, not being being able to identify who they are in Jesus Christ. And it's a terrible thing when a man or woman or a child loses their identity. Oh my God. We just don't understand what happens to us as human beings when we lose the sense of our purpose. Because my identity tells me my purpose. It tells me why I'm here, what I've been put here to do. When I lose my identity, I lose who I am. And then the devil can make me believe anything about myself when I lose the sense of who I am. This is, this, is, this, is the, this is the dangers. This is why the devil has been attacking family. Because when he attacks family, it splits family up and then children don't get to know who their parents are the way they should. This is why the attack is against family. Come on and say it with me, we gotta pray for family. Oh, come on and say it louder, we gotta pray for family. Come on and say it again. We got to pray for family. We got to let the devil know that we are not giving up on family. It's important that we understand the family unit because it was God who created family. Don't you know that the most mixed up people is the people who don't know their family? It's a terrible thing. To grow up not knowing your family. All but thanks be to God who giveth us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. You might not know your father, but because you're a Christian, you know your creator and father. And your father is in heaven. He created you and he is your father. It's a terrible thing to be raised up in a country where most of the kids, most of the kids know their mother. But the father is not there. I praise God for Brother Kirk. I praise God for Brother Steve. I praise God for Brother Lee. Why? Because these men are standing up for family. Come on and give God a praise. Come on and give God a praise. And I want you to know right now that these three boys that we're reading about, they are taking a stand, whether you know it or not, they are taking a stand for family. Because when it came time to worship this golden image, they said, no. Because this is not our family. See, because back in the days... We equated gods with statues, idols. Those were gods. But let me tell you something. Your television can be your god. Let me, let me, let me drop a bomb on you. Your computer can be your god. Let's go a little deeper. Your internet can be your god. Because some people spend more time on the internet than they do with other people. Because you're going become a virtual person. You got virtual friends. You in a virtual relationship. Ain't never even talked to him, but y'all boyfriend and girlfriend. Because that's how bad it's gotten in these days and time. And we think, we tend to think, oh, this is not my God. Yes, it is. Because whoever you spend more time with Whoever you give more of you to, that's your God. Whoever you love the most and you spend time with, that's your God. See, and this is why Nebuchadnezzar said, Why do they not worship my gods? Why do they not worship my golden image that I have set up and don't they know that when they hear all This music now y'all y'all know this. This is a good one for us as black and Puerto Ricans (laughs) Y'all know that because what's the first thing we do when we hear music? (laughs) You get to dancing you get to moving you get to wiggling it's almost like an impulse It's like you go, oh, snap, I didn't know I was doing that, sorry. Because even music can be dangerous. And when they was to hear this music and when they heard it, they were to all remember that they were to fall down and worship this idol. Let me tell you something. And most of the music that we hear today in the world, If we knew what this music really stood for, we'd be scared. Turning the music back and there's satanic verses in the music. Or the music really has an ulterior motive, really behind the music. And you're getting this in your ear and music invades your conscience and your thoughts without consent. And this is why they use music to get the people to worship. Because as soon as people heard the music, they knew it's time to get down. Literally. Get down and bow and worship this image that was set up by a madman for a king. But it's not a part of what I identify with. It's not a part of who I am. See, and what I... I've come to appreciate I've come to appreciate people that have their beliefs and will not move. I mean, you know what? I understand the belief of the Kingdom Hall. And and I see them and I know that their belief is really false. But you know what? I appreciate that they stay with it. You can't, you, you look at them and you say, oh my Lord, they're, they're dedicated. Let me say something. They're better than us. They get out there in that street and they meet people. They get out there and they witness the people. How many, how many people you witness to this morning? Anybody? How, how many people you witness to about Jesus? This, anybody say anything about Jesus to anybody this morning? But then y'all talk about the Kingdom Hall folks. But when you go outside, they standing out there with their books. And then you're wondering why they're growing? Stop, because you ain't said nothing about Jesus since two years ago. <laughs> Who's the last person you brought with you to church? And these people are always going out there to find somebody for church. Why? Because the enemy knows that the more he can keep people confused, he can keep people from the truth. But the Bible says, and ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall make you and set you free. And so these young boys heard about the king's decree. And they heard about what he said. But you know what? They stood up for what they believed. And they said, and the king told them, Why are you not bowing to my gods? What gods are in your life? Hmm. What habits in your life you won't let go of? <laughs> what habits stay with you that mean more to you than anything else? Some of you, listen, some of us set time for when we're going to be there on the internet. We don't even set a time to pray. We don't even set a time to read the Word, but guess what, we're going to be on Facebook. They're going to know what time we went to the bathroom. They're going to know what time we went to school. They're going to know all about our day and how we feel about the things that's going on with others around us. Because you can, let me say something. Some of y'all get on Twitter and get on Facebook and tell all your business. You tell more to virtual reality than you talk with God. And I'm asking something. All that stuff you put on the internet, have you prayed about it? Because if you prayed about it, you would not need to share it with the internet. Because there are some things that you can only go to God about. And when you go to God, I guarantee you that he won't share your secret. Because there are some things that you can say to God that you can't say to no one else. There are some things you can talk to God about that God won't go tell Aaron about. I don't understand Why would we rather tell our business on the internet than go to God in prayer? Why? Why would we tell all about us to people we don't even know but refuse to pray? Refuse to get in the word and see what God says to us. Why? Because internet has become our God. You have some people that take better care of their car than they do their spiritual life. You have some people, listen, you have some people that love their spouse more than they do the Lord. Now, they'll dispute you on it and tell you, no, that's not true, I don't love my spouse more. But you have to know who's priority in your life. Look around and tell your neighbor, know your priorities. Look at your neighbor again and tell them, know your priorities. priorities. Oh, and tell them, Jesus is your priority. Come on and give God a hand, praise if you believe it right now. (laughs) Say something. There is nothing more stressful and emotional than when someone threatens your life. Because let me tell y'all, there's a lot of us in here right now that if they told that unless you throw away your Bible, we're going to kill you, how many of us would do it? Good God. How many of us would turn our backs on God to save our own lives? Oh, but I thank God for the word because the word lets us know that he who saves his life will lose it. And he that loses his life will save it. You're not supposed to hold on to your life dear to you. Your life should mean nothing to you. What should mean more to you is doing the will of God for your life. See, and that's what's happening in the world. We've become so important and God has not become important to us yet. It's more important what we wear. It's more important what we got on. It's more important what we have than God being important to us and he's the one that provides. He's the one that gave you strength to go to work, but yet you worship your job. You work more time on your job than you spend anywhere else. Because your job has become your God. And you're working 16 and 17 hours a day to make a little money to go and pay bills that you're still not going to have enough for. And then when you come to church, I'm, listen, I'm just putting it the way it is. And then you come to church and won't give to God. Because you got to pay bills. But what about if you woke up in the morning and can't move? What about if you woke up in the morning and found out you don't have your sight? Then the first thing you say, oh Lord, help me. Somebody call the bishop, call call the Pope, call the pastor. (laughs) You notice how when something happens, then all of a sudden people get so religious 9 11 happened. Everybody pray. That's the only time the government will tell us to pray is after something happens. Let me tell you something. Why not be faithful before something happens? Why not show God you love them before something happens? Why not tell them that you love him right now? Why not tell them, God, thank you right now? Why not tell them, God, I'm grateful no matter what you do? I'm grateful. Amen. Amen. You complaining about a job and folks don't got jobs. You complaining about rice and beans and folks don't got food to eat. You complaining about the money that you make and there's folks that's trying to get money. We have the most ungrateful generation ever. Ungrateful, unthankful. And this is not my word, it's the word of God. Ungrateful unthankful, unholy that's not my word that's God's word and that's what this generation is shaping up into it's gotten so it's gotten so bad (laughs) I know my daughter going to get on me later about this I went and bought my grandson a car you know because he has so much because we spoil him that is the truth we spoiled. Him. We gave him the car. And he had the car. And the car sitting there. And I noticed for a moment he was playing with the box. <laughs> I said, we bought you a car. But he liked the box. Why? Because we're spoiled. And some of us are selfish. And some of us are rotten. And we need to ask God, help us right now. Lord, help me right now. Help me right now, Lord, to defeat this selfishness. Help me right now to defeat this spoilness. Because you know what? We're spoiled. We go in our our closet. (laughs) (laughs) What we doing? Going through all our clothes to get something to wear. You. Tell it, mother, like it is. But that's what they do. Some, some, some. Listen, some people got some people got a shoe closet for nothing but shoes. And I'm going, are you for real? Are you serious? This is a room dedicated to shoes. We're spoiled. I know it's funny, but we're spoiled. What if you didn't have this? Can you still trust God? What if you didn't have this? Is God still able? What if you lost your job? Is God able? What if they took everything from you? Is God able? Can you still say, God, I bless you. God, I thank you. God, I worship you. What if we took everything you got? Would you still say thank you lord for all you've done for me? Can you still be grateful for the little bit you have? Huh. You won't know till you get there. But you'll know by your identity and character if you'll still be able to make it with just the little bit you got. And listen, I don't have I don't have a I, you know what? I don't have a lot, but here brother Nick Come on, we'll, we'll take this and we'll get us something to eat. Ha! <sighs> because those days in America, whether you realize it or not, they are coming. The days of your spoiledness is going to be shortened. The days of your having a lot is coming to an end. And whether you believe it or not, do not be ignorant enough to believe that this country cannot be defeated. Do not. None of us thought 9-11 could happen till it happened. They walked right in. Are you thankful? Are you grateful? Because let me tell you something. It only takes a moment for your life to change forever. My life changed on May 20th, 2011. Forever. Because things just happen just like that. Your life can change. And what I like about it, the Hebrew boys, their lives had changed. They They were taken from where they were familiar and put into a place of captivity where they were castrated, where they were forced to work for a king that wasn't their king in their land. And now the king is trying to force them to worship his idols. Oh, but I love it because the boy stood up and said enough is enough. You brought us out of your country and brought us here. You brought us here and you castrated us. But notice and notice today, you're questioning our faith and we will not go for it. We won't. How do I know they said it? Read with me. Because you're going to see what it means to really identify when you go back to Daniel. Say, Lord, touch my heart. Listen. It was their time to answer the king. Listen. And Shadrach. Meshach and Abednego answered. Verse 16 They answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able. God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from your hands. But notice today, no matter what happens, we're going down in the fiery furnace because we're not worshiping what you put before us. We're not taking what you're trying to force us to eat. We will not, for we are going to stand on what we believe. We are going to stand for our God. How many of you today, right now, take a stand for the Lord? That if the if a nation, that communist nation, came in here and took over this country and took your Bibles, would you stand and say, For God I'll live and for God I'll die? Are you ready to give up your life for the gospel? Are you really ready? Or do you love life so much that you will get too emotional and break down and give in? Will you give in? I like what they said. They said, whether our God deliver us or not. Listen to this. He's able. Ah, we're not going to doubt our God. Do what you got to do, because we are not even going to become, this is not even, this is not even something we're going to talk about. This is not a discussion. Amen. You understand? I like that. We not talk about this. You know how we do when we talk to our children, and our children There's so much trying to persuade us to do what they want us to do, and we saying, this is not a discussion. <laughs> we are not going to talk about this, and it's over. <laughs> So you know what you can do? Leave this alone. It's, listen, what we say, it's a done deal. (laughs) Amen? Those of you with children, you know what I'm talking about. Man, I got an 18 and 19-year-old at home. I feel like I'm talking to lawyers sometimes. Like, this case is done. Case dismissed. (laughs) There has been a verdict. Daddy has spoken. Lord have mercy. And listen to what they said. And they said, we are not careful to the in this matter. If it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from the burning, burning, fiery furnace. And he will. Do you understand that? And he will deliver us out of your hands. But I need you to understand this. I need you to understand this. For all your gods that you have that you have not admitted on this day. Listen this. But if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve your gods nor worship your golden image which thou hast set up. And this made the king mad. This brought out his rage and he commanded that they take them and tie them up with all their clothes on and take them to the fiery furnace. And he commanded that the fire be turned up seven times hotter. I'm coming to let you know today that for some of you who really love the Lord, that the devil has turned up the fire in your life. And that's why you're going through. But I come to encourage you, stand on the word. Stand on what you believe. Don't you dare give up. Yes, the fire is turned up, but do not give in. Do not give in. Do not give in. I don't care what it is. I'm telling you, you can defeat porn. I did. I'm telling you, you can stop smoking because I know people that have. You can give up those things you thought was impossible for you. Is there anything too hard for God? I come to let you know that if you trust him, he's able. He's able. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I come to let you know, guess what? He's able. And if you believe it, he can do it. And if you trust him, he'll do it for you. He'll take it out your mouth and you'll never want it anymore. He'll take it out of your lust and you won't be able to find it. You're not just speaking to a human. You're speaking to someone who was a part of this. But I can tell you, my God delivers. My God sets free my God saves, my God heals, my God strengthens. Hmm. I remember sitting on the bed and I can feel from my head the stroke going down my body, going down to my foot all over my left side. I can feel my body going numb and I didn't know what to do but I had one name, one name that was above all other names. And I said that name out loud. I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I have not had no stroke. The stroke went away, why? Because that name is above all other names. And it was at that name that I was healed. Come on and give God a praise. Come on and give God a praise. Give God a praise in this house. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Because I'm telling you, it's at that name that every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the honor and to the glory of God. It shall be, for the Lord shall do this. Sit down. Give me one minute. Sit down. One minute. The king had them taken and he took them to the furnace that he turned up seven times hotter. Your trials is gonna get harder, but you stay strong. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't you dare give up. Your test is gonna be harder, but then again, it wouldn't be a test if it didn't get harder. Amen. <laughs> it's not a trial. If, it's, if you're not being tried. Amen. Amen? Amen? He took them to the furnace. And when they got to the furnace, the strong men that he sent to take them from the heat of the furnace dropped dead. They dropped dead and died. But they took the Hebrew boys and got them in the furnace Amen. and at some time the king went to the furnace and when he got to the furnace he told his people he said did we not put three in the furnace I come to let you know someone's with you someone you cannot see Someone you didn't really know was there, but I come to let you know, he was there all the time. And they said, did we not throw three? And they said, yes, my king, we threw three. He said, well, how come I see four? I see four in the fire. You know what that means? No one was burnt. No one died in the fire. Why? Because God was with them. You don't get it. God was with them in the fire. I come to let you know that in your hardest trial, in all your trouble, in all your tests, in all that you're going through, that God is with you. That God is with you. That God's going to take care of you. That nothing can hurt you. That God will strengthen you. And the fire won't burn you and he called for them and told them to come out the fire and guess who came out the three because the fourth one is still in the fire he's in the fire for you because whatever you're going through he's there with you he promised he would never leave you He promised he would never forsake you. And though you're hurting, though you're going through, my God promised I will keep you. I will protect you. For you are forever mine. And no one can hurt you. Come on and stand with me, please. Come on and stand with me. Stand with me. For some of you, the fire is turned up in your finances. For some of you, the fire is turned up in your worrying. You worry too much. For some of you, the fire is turned up in your fear. You're just afraid. Your faith can't grow because you're too fearful. You're too afraid of what's going to happen next rather than believing God is able. See, when they went in that furnace, it didn't matter to them what happened. They said, God is able. Yes. But they refused to bow. They refused to give in. And that's the way we got to be. Just because we don't see our prayers answered, that don't mean you give up praying. That's right. That's right. You keep praying. That's right. Because something doesn't look like it's changing, that don't mean you lose hope. Hope is what God has given you. You hold on to your hope. Hope is the only... Hope is your expectation that things are going to get better. But if you let go of hope, how will things ever get back to where you called it to be? Is anybody that wants prayer here today? Because you know... that you need to believe more that God is able. Is there anyone in this place today? Come quickly. You need to know. You need your faith to be strengthened that God is able. Who are you? Come forth. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is about your walk with God. Maybe you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior. Maybe you have backslidden and fall off fell off the grid from the Lord this is that time for you if you don't know the Lord I need you to come down here right now if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior but you're ready to accept him today this is a separate aisle for those who don't know the Lord Jesus Christ for we want you to know him before you leave here we wouldn't dare have a service of you walking out of here and not knowing Jesus Christ but I come to encourage you today that God is able God is able. He's able. I don't care what you're going through, how hard you think it looks, my God is able. Do not worry about this trial that you're going through, do not allow it to control you. Our God is able. Those of you on this line right now, I want you to lift up your hands. And I want you to say this continually to yourself this week. I want you to say, my God is able. able. Say it with me right now. My God is able. able. I I will trust Him. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge Him and He shall direct thy paths. Right now, I'm going to lay my hand on you just so that your faith will be strengthened to know that God is able. There's no power in my hand. The power is in the anointing of God. And as I touch and agree with you by faith, I want you to know and believe within yourself that God is is going to do it right now. Brother Leon, I want you to play, He's able. Hallelujah. Believe God right now. He's able. He's able. He's able to do it right now. He's able to do it right now. Whatever it is that's bothering you, He's able to do it right now. Whatever is discouraging you, He's able to do it right now. Is there anything too hard for my God? Never. There's nothing too hard for our God. There's nothing impossible to Him. He's able. For all your addictions, for all your habits, He's able. He's able to deliver you. He's able to strengthen you. He's able to keep you from falling and deliver you by the power of His glory. Believe it and God can do it. Know it and God has already done it. He's able. He's able. He's able. In the name of Jesus, we bless you, God. Do it for Him now, Lord. Touch His heart and His mind. Let it be, oh God, right now. Father, we believe you according to Your Word that you're able. Thank you for the healing. Thank you for the deliverance. Even now, in Jesus' name, we bless you, O God. We believe you right now. We trust you for it. You are able. You are able, O God. We trust your word. We trust your word. Let your word go forth into our heart and our mind, O God. Let her know that you are able to do it. You are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. We believe you now. We believe you now. (laughs) Hallelujah. 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 Clap your hands before the Lord right now. Clap your hands before the Lord right now. Glory be to God. He's able. He's able. Bless the Lord. He's able. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I would like to present to those who are here today, Pastor Gloria Ingram, amen, amen. my wife of 30 years, amen, in this ministry and in my life, amen, amen. being a blessing to me. Also, I'd like to with Sister and Pastor Brother Lee over there on the drums. God bless you. Amen. Amen. We also have our deacon Nick. Amen. Our deacon Nico. Our Evangelist Rose. God bless you all. Hey, man, it's good to have you.